this is Alex Moore, lead pastor of New Life Community Church in Kansas City, Missouri. Thanks for taking time to listen to this message. For more information or to donate, visit newlifekc.com. We are here in the final week of this series, I'll Do It Tomorrow, where we've been looking at how to find the power to change. And today, I'm excited for us to have a conclusion to put an exclamation point on this series. Now, if you don't know me, my name is Alex. I'm the pastor here, uh, the new pastor. I've been on the job for about two months now. And uh, what you may not know about me is that I grew up in church. Uh, As soon as my mom got cleared from the hospital, I was in church. And the reason for that was not just because my parents were Christians, but because I grew up as a pastor's kid. That means that I had a professional Christian in my home who was raising me. And so I grew up around people reading the Bible, people praying, people going to church. Those weren't unusual things. That wasn't odd or unfamiliar to me. In fact, that was actually what was comfortable. That was normal. But there came this point in my life in which I had to come to a moment of decision. I had to decide if what I was raised with was going to actually become my faith. I knew it was mom and dad's faith. I knew that they believed. I knew that the people that I'd grown up with, they were all in. But was I going to make this idea of God and Jesus being God's son and that I'm a sinner and that I need forgiveness and that there's a new life available, was I going to embrace this? Or was I going to reject it? And so I came to this moment of decision, and I'm excited to tell you, I stepped over the line of faith. I said, I'm going to make it mine, right? And so no longer was it mom and dad's faith. This is my faith. This is going to be me, and I'm going to walk this out. I'm going to love Jesus. I'm going to commit my life to him. And so I became a Christian. Uh, And and what's the verse? It's Romans 10, 9. It says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, then you will be saved. And so I was saved. It was great. It was exciting. But the problem was, was that I knew everything that was expected of being a Christian. I'd been raised in it. I knew what it meant. And so what was the old joke? God bless you. Holy smokes. I think the devil came out back there. If you're online, you don't know what you just missed. So, so the old joke used to be that, you know, as a Christian, you don't drink, you don't cuss, you don't smoke or chew or run with girls who do. And so, so I knew, like, all right, I'm going to become a Christian. I've got that. You know, I understand that there's going to be a weight that I'm going to have to pick up. And I'm going to have to actually do what that Bible verse says, right? I'm going to have to deny myself. And I'm going to have to pick up my cross and I'm going to have to follow Jesus every day. And, and you know what? I can handle that. That's, that's, that's not too unbearable of a weight. But then, of course, I'm in church. I'm growing up in this. And people are like, listen, Alex, if you're going to follow Jesus, like you're only as spiritual as you are scriptural. Oh, What's that mean? Well, that means that you got to start reading the Bible. And what we would recommend is that you try to read the Bible in a year. I said, a year? Have you seen the size of that book? It's huge. And they're like, yeah, you got to get like a one-year Bible. And so I was like, I mean, that's a big weight. But listen, I love Jesus. I, I can handle it. I will start reading my Bible every day for the glory of God. And then somebody came to me and they said, yeah, that's great, you're reading your Bible, but listen, you're claiming to have a relationship with God. What kind of relationship do you have with God if you never talk to him? 
what are you talking about? They're like, well, you got to spend some time in prayer. And there's this one guy in the church, and you know what he used to do? He got up at 4 a.m. every day, and he would spend an hour on his knees in prayer before he did anything else. Man, I was good with the don't drink, don't cuss, don't smoke or chew, run with the girls to do. But I, I guess I, if I love Jesus, I've got I've to have a prayer life. I've got to spend time in prayer. I don't know about the whole 4 a.m. thing, but man, we'll give it a go. I mean, after all, Jesus died on a cross for me. Like he paid a price. Like the least I could do is that. But then, oh, you know, Jesus, you know, said that he didn't want you to be angry anymore. Oh, no, don't bring that up. This whole idea that I'm supposed to be quick to listen and slow to anger and, and oh, man, like, you're telling me I've got to change my anger? Like, I like getting angry. I like yelling at the TV when my other teams are not doing good. I like anger. I like to have that. I like that it makes me feel good to have anger. And not only do you got to get rid of anger, but, like, because that would be like a bad witness if you're like, I love Jesus, but then you're angry all the time. But oh, I can't lose my witness either. There's that Bible verse that says that you shouldn't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Oh man, unwholesome talk. Oh, God forgive me, that was unwholesome talk. <laughs> That's going to be a toughen. That's going to be a weight. But, but I love God and I want to please him. And so I, 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 I'll start to work on my language and not let any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth. I'll, I'll not just not cuss, but I'll, I'll also try to be more positive. I won't, won't call names at people. I, I, I won't be mean. I won't f try to be that way. And so I, I got to get rid of some stuff, but, but I'm also like called to freedom. Oh no, like Jesus said that like where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, but now I've got this addiction. I've got these habits. I've got these things in my life that I wish I could quit doing, but I just can't seem to quit doing it. Like when life gets hard, for whatever reason, I continue to fall back into this thing that is something I kind of do to numb out. And I, I don't really want to, but, but if Jesus has set me free, then I guess I have to quit all of these really bad habits and addictive behavior I have. And man, this bar is starting to get big. It's starting to get heavy. Oh, and don't forget, you know, Christianity is all about forgiveness, but Jesus says, you know, if you forgive, I'll forgive you, but if you don't forgive, I, I'm not going to Man, i got to start forgiving people. I've got to stop walking around with a grudge and being bitter towards people, like people who've wronged me. Like, I have to come to the place of saying, you know what, it's, it's okay, what you did was wrong, but I, I free you from the debt I feel like you owe me. I'm going to have to step into forgiveness. And I mean, I have to because like if I don't, like, I mean, he, he's not going to forgive me. Like, I got it. I, I, fine. I'm in. I'm in. I'm all in. I love Jesus. I want to obey him. I want to follow him. I want to please him. Um, oh, don't forget about that other verse, you know, don't judge people. Oh, you got to be kidding me. This is starting to get to be a little much. I didn't mean to judge him, but did you see how they dressed? Did you see what they did with their hair? Did you see how they acted? But for the glory of God, I'll not judge. I don't want to be judged. And, and, oh yeah, I forgot. I have to be honest now. I can't lie. I can't deceive. I can't mislead people anymore. I'm supposed to be like Jesus. And Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that thing you were saying had better be true. And so, well, we better put that on the old bar. Whew. Now listen, I became a Christian 
And I knew what was expected. I knew what I was supposed to do. And so, man, I was, I was gung-ho. I was enthusiastic. I was excited because Jesus had saved my soul. But I also knew that there's these things that I needed to do. And I, and I wanted to please God. I wanted him to smile. I wanted him to be happy with me. And so, so I knew that I had to pick up my cross every day and I had to follow him. Now, by a quick show of hands, there's 275 pounds on this bar. How many of you, by a show of hands, think that I can deadlift this bar? Okay, wow. There's a lot more of you. <laughs> Keep your hands up. Let me tell you something about you. You have the gift of encouragement. <laughs> All right, you put your hands down. The rest of you put your hands up. You do not have the gift of encouragement. You have the gift of honesty. That is, that is good. <laughs> So, so my wife said before I left the house, she says, really, are you wearing that to church? It seems a little casual. And I was like, it's fine. It'll be okay. And she's like, you're not really going to take that sweatshirt off at church, are you? And I said, you better believe I am. So if you have a lusting problem, close your eyes. Cause you know, there's like <laughs> lots of muscles underneath this shirt. Okay. Guard your eyes. Look away if you need to. Open God's word. All right, and so, so I want to I please Jesus, and he is like the ultimate weightlifter. You don't know this, but Jesus is the <laughs> ultimate dead lifter. Come on. He raised Lazarus from the dead, and then he just walked out of the grave like it was no big deal. You can't beat me. So if anybody can lift this, it would be Jesus. He's like Mr. Olympus, but like me, I've got Jesus in me. So surely, surely, surely I can get this off the ground. I mean, I don't have to get it very far. We just, we're just going to stand up with it, right? We're just going to pick up our cross daily, and we're going to follow Jesus. So what do you think? Some of you guys, you got some encouragement. My mom's like, don't throw your back out, son. Now, here's the thing. Some of you might think, well, you probably know you can do it, or you probably know you can't do it. No. I never tried. I didn't want to hurt myself this week before I came into this moment. So we're going we're gonna to do some precautions because for me, I, I, I love Jesus. I became a Christian, and I want to prove to God that his death on the cross wasn't meaningless, that there is a change in my life, that I'm no longer going to be bound by these addictions, that I can take time in my life, that I can spend time reading the Bible, and I can spend time praying, and, and I can spend time not being judgmental and not being angry and not being mad and not being a deceiver and not misleading people. And I want to please God. God, I want you to know that I'm all in. I'm so thankful for what you did. The least I can do, God, is I can pick this up and I can follow you every day. So God, I'm going to follow you today. I'm going to please you today. I'm going to make sure that you know I was worth saving. I'm going to honor you with my life. And so here we go, God. Here we go. This is a moment of truth, God, and I'm so thankful. I believe what the pastor said, that you are in me, and so I just got to get down here. It's the beginning of a new day, God. Here we go. Let's not hurt ourselves. God, really help me. All right. Why don't you guys count me down, and let's see if we can get this up. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm... God, I'm so, God, I'm so sorry. God, I, I know what you want me to do. 
But God, I, co- God, I couldn't do it. God I'm, God, I'm sorry that I failed you today. But God, God, I'll do it. God, I'll do it tomorrow. God, I'll do it tomorrow so tomorrow comes. Let's do this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. I want to please God. God, I want to please you so much. God, I felt like I did good. I started by reading the Bible, but then I got angry and that addictive behavior came up and then I lied to my boss. God, forgive me. I really, I want to please you, God, but I'll be better tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. So tomorrow comes. God, I thought that you, I thought that you would give me the power to do what I couldn't do. God, I thought that you, God, I thought that you loved me and that you would set me down a new path. God, I want to please you. God, would you just help me to do what I know I'm supposed to do? God, I'm going to give it a try again tomorrow. God, I'm so sorry I keep sinning the same way. I'm so sorry I can't seem to change. I'm so sorry it seems like my life is, 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 is not any different from the moment I prayed to accept you and I braced this belief system to now, God, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just, I feel like, God, I'm letting you down. I feel like you expect more of me. But God, I don't want to give up. God, there must be something wrong that I'm doing. Because if it's true that I'm a Christian, your Holy Spirit's empowered me, and I know that you're more than a conqueror, you're the original deadlifter, that there's power available to me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So apparently, God, you're not strengthening me, so I don't know if there's something in the way, but help me to do what I know I'm supposed to do, God. God, maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day I don't continue with those bad habits. Maybe today's the day that I have new life. God, would you help me? today. God, I pray that you would help me today. God, I don't even want to try anymore. God, I thought that you loved me. I feel like I'm praying and you're not even in the room anymore. God, you said you were going to change my life, and I know that these are things that you want for me, but God, I just, I, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I don't even want to try anymore. (sighs) Here's the truth. I really did become a Christian. I really did invite Jesus into my life. I really did want change to occur in my life. But I completely misunderstood how to follow Jesus. I completely missed it. What started off with excitement and passion and drive and determination quickly turned into doubt and defeat and discouragement. I doubted myself. I doubted God. And I tried and I tried and I tried to change And every time I seemed to change, it seems like I was going nowhere. I was discouraged. I didn't even want to try anymore. The courage I had, it was leaving me. 
And I came to this moment in time in which I had to make another choice. I had a moment of choice to embrace Jesus or not, to embrace this relationship with God or to reject it, and I embraced it. But now that I'm in it, I've got another moment of decision because you know what? I can't lift that bar. I got it off the ground about a half inch once. That was, that was like a little moral victory for like wee bit, but then it stayed there. So you know what? Here's, here's an option I have. I can continue to do the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. If I put the belt on and I came back, you think I might get it up now? Yeah. No. Some of you, I love you. <laughs> Speaking in faith, let's go. I'm not going to be able to get that thing up. It's 125 pounds more than I weigh. I've never lifted that weight from a deadlift ever. And to think that I'm going to do it by manning up and having a whole bunch of people watch me and the adrenaline's going to kick, it's not going to help. So I've got, I've got to make a choice here. I can quit trying. You know, I, I could throw the towel in on Christianity and say, you know what? I probably was brainwashed as a child. That was the problem. I grew up in the house with pastor dad. Surely I'm scarred from that. There's trauma. I probably believe wrong and it's probably stupid and I could reject Jesus and Christianity and faith and the Bible and I could throw it all away. That's an option I would have. I couldn't do that. I knew that I wasn't brainwashed. I, there was enough evidence in my life. I knew that God was real. So I, I, I wasn't going to quit. I wasn't going to quit. But you know what I could do? Now, this is a legit option. I could fake it. Oh, I've been in church my whole life. And I've seen a lot of people fake it. I've seen a lot of people whose worlds were falling apart. But nobody knew it until the very end. And you would look back and you'd say, you had years of your life in which you must have just been faking it. And you know what? I think I could fake it too. That's an option. I could, I could be, I know it'd be like a little bit of a hypocrite, but you know what? It's okay. So when people come and they say, hey, Pastor Alex, you've been reading your Bible? Oh, baby, yeah. <laughs> I've been reading my Bible. I'm really good at reading my Bible. And they say, well, yeah, but, but how have you been about praying? Let me show you how I've been about praying. Look at my prayer life. I've got it. I've got it. Look, I'm doing it. But they know, and at least I know, I can't get the whole thing up. I could fake it. I could pretend. And I could lead everybody to believe that, yep, yep, he really loves Jesus. The evidence is there. But I know in my heart, I'm far from God, that my outward actions may be trying to show off but my heart's not where it ought to be. So I gotta choose, do I quit? Do I fake it? That's an option, I've seen a lot of people do that. I think I'd be good at that. Or, or here's another option, I'll justify it. Nobody can lift that bar. Nobody can really do everything that God wants them to do. It was stupid for me to believe that I could. So here's what I'll do, is I'll allow my experience of failure to dictate what my theology is. Because of what I've experienced, I'm going to change what I believe. It was stupid for me to ever try to raise that bar. You know, you've been saved by grace and grace alone. You don't have to do anything after that. In fact, you know, maybe you should start believing that Jesus died for your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins. You don't even confess sin anymore. It doesn't even really matter what you do. You're in. It's just hyper grace all the way. Don't have to do any works. Don't have to do any obedience. Don't have to follow God. Hey, you chose to follow God once? Great. Frozen chosen. You're in. 
It doesn't matter what you do from here on out. You can just live your life and do whatever you want. Go ahead and drink and cuss and smoke and chew and run with the girls who do because you once upon a time made a decision and prayed some prayer and that magically puts you into the kingdom of heaven even if you don't love God, care about God, or want to be with him now or in eternity. So I can start to change what I believe to say it's stupid to even ever try this. You know, let's just go on grace alone and, and I'm just gonna just, I'm gonna change how I believe. And I'm never going to try to do anything that God might ask me to do. I'm not going to spend time reading the Bible. I'm not going to spend time praying. My addictive behavior, I'm going to justify. I'm just going to change what I believe because of my experience. And there's a great temptation to do that. I think I'd be really good at that one. I think I could change what I believed in order to cope with the reality that I can't do what I know I'm supposed to do. So what do I do? I quit. I fake it. I justify it. But I found out that there's another option. And I didn't know it was an option for a long time. While I was thinking about the quitting it and the faking it and the justifying it, I kept coming back to the bar every day and I kept trying to lift this thing. But what eventually happened is I found out that there was a fourth choice. And this fourth choice is the one that set me free and it's the one that I want you to get today. Here's what I did. I stopped trying and I started training. I stopped trying harder and harder to do it, and I began to train instead. See, we, we think that for whatever reason that, and, and I thought this, that I would just have the ability to fully follow God from day one, that I could just do it all of a sudden, almost as though like God would like zap me with like, like a genie, and all of a sudden, ooh, my muscles grew, and I could do things I'd never done before, and here we go. But God doesn't zap you with strength. What he does is he develops strength in you. And it doesn't happen in an instant. It happens over time. If you said, you know what? I want to run a marathon. And you've never ran a day in your life. And so you're on your couch and you brush off your lace potato chips and you get up and you're like, I'm going to run a marathon. <laughs> Guess what? You're not going to finish the race. You're not going to run 26.2 miles just because you wanted to. I'm going to turn off the QVC. Here we go. No, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Oh, man, I want to play an instrument. I want to play a guitar. Oh, you think you can just go pick it up and play it? No. Oh, I'm going to try real hard, though. It don't matter. You're not going to be able to do it by trying harder. Oh, you want to lose weight. Oh, Pastor Alex, don't go there but I want to lose weight. I know that I've collected this weight over the last decade of my life, but I'd like it gone by, you know, the summer because, you know, it's swim season. <laughs> well, if it took you 10 years to put it on, you ain't going to knock it off that quick. And it ain't going to happen overnight. And it ain't happening because you prayed hard either. You're going to have to not just try, like, I'm going to try to lose weight. No, you're going to have to begin training what is training? Let's put this up here because this is important for you to get. Training <clears throat> is arranging your life around certain exercises and experiences, and get this, that will enable you to do eventually what you are not able to do today. You want to run a marathon? Try to run for five minutes. You can't do that? Then start by walking for five minutes. Let's get to where you can walk before you can run. We're going to begin to move you in the right path. You've got to begin to arrange your life around certain exercises and experiences that will enable you to do eventually what 
I can't do today. I can't lift this bar today. But you know what I could do? Is I could begin to arrange my life with exercises that would help me develop strength to where one day, eventually, I'd be able to lift this bar. There is a dramatic difference between trying hard and training. I think I even have like a little, little, I'll put it in a sentence form. There is, oh, an immense difference between training to do something and just trying to do something. Radically different. If I want to change, in the name of the series, I'll do it tomorrow, finding the power to change. If you want to change, I feel like some of you have been in the same place that I am, that you're beating yourself up, you're defeated, you're discouraged, you're having new doubts because every day you're trying to do something that you're incapable of doing and instead of training for it, you're just about to quit. Don't quit. Don't fake it. Don't justify it. But start training. So today, I want to be as practical as I can with you. And we're going to talk about how to devise a plan for you to change. Now, ideally, I want you to change spiritually. I want you to be able to do all that God would have you to do. But this will apply to a lot of different areas. And so I'm going to give you three steps. And I'm borrowing these three steps from Sean Johnson, not the gymnast, but a pastor out in Red Rocks Church. And he delivered a message, and this so resonated with me. I said, I want to share this with you. So step number one, if you want to devise a plan to change, is you have to start small. Step one, you have to start small. There's a book that's out right now. A lot of people are liking it in the leadership world. I've listened to some podcasts with the author. The name of the book is called Atomic Habits. And the author's name is James Clear. And he says this. He says, small habits can make a meaningful difference by providing evidence of a new identity. Ooh. Small habits can make a meaningful difference by providing evidence of a new identity. And if a change is meaningful... It's actually big. And that's the paradox of making small improvements. In youth ministry, I used to encourage our young people to make small steps in the right direction. You may not be able to get from this side of the room to the other side of the room in one leap, but you know what you can do? You can start making small steps. And small steps add up over time. And you will end up at your destination, but it starts by starting small. And you say, well, I don't think I should start small. I think I should do all that God wants me to do. <laughs> but you see how that works out. Zechariah has this verse. He says this, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. At this time, they were rebuilding the temple. The temple. Zerubbabel was the guy who was doing it. They hadn't even started. He's just got the plumb line in his hands. They haven't even started work on it. The foundation's not even begun. But guess what? Do not despise these small beginnings, for guess what the Lord does? He rejoices to see the work begin. So we have to start small. And you say, well, I don't really want to start small. I don't want to reduce things. But you're not doing them anyway. So go ahead and reduce them. Take some things off to where you can actually do what you're supposed to do. And you say, well, I don't want to start small. Okay, you're going to have to start training. 
you know what? I maybe can't worry about all the change internally that I need God to do in my life. Maybe I can't do anything about the desire I have for this addictive behavior, but I believe that God can fix that addictive behavior. I can't change that in my own willpower. If I could have, I'd have quit that a long time ago. I'm not going to worry right now about judging other people. I need God to change how I view other people. Even if on the outside I just change my behavior to where I don't say that thing or express that judgment, I actually need my heart to change to where I don't have judgment in my heart. I have to begin to allow God to carry some of this weight. And, and what I need to do is I just need to do what I'm capable of doing. Now, how many of you think I can lift this bar? Now, I hope. Come on. It's still 135 pounds. Is it going to be easy for me to lift? No, it's, still, it's going to require effort. Like, I couldn't lift it 100 times. Like, I would wear out. You would see me, you know, panting up here. <laughs> Somebody else would finish the message. It wouldn't be good. But I bet you I could lift this once. And if all I hung on to was, you know, I'm just going to spend some time with Jesus. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm not even going to overwhelm myself. I'm not even going to read the Bible in a year. I'm just going to start with the verse of the day in the Bible app. It's a sentence. And I'm going to pray before I read it. God, help this sentence make sense. That's it. I'm just going to pray. All right. That's all I'm going to do. God, I'm going to commit myself to you. I'm going to spend time with you. And I'm going to let you change my heart on all these other things. I can't worry about them. But God, I know that this is within what I'm able to do. So God, would you please meet me where I'm at? God, would you please meet me in this place where I'm at? Wow. God, that was so good. God, thank you for meeting with me today. I'm so encouraged. I want to do this again tomorrow. Got it. It's a new day. Oh, yeah. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. Oh, yeah. I'm starting to have a renewed mind. I'm starting to think different. I'm starting to act different. I'm starting to do things that I couldn't do before. And if I do this every day, guess what eventually I'm able to do? I'm able to add some weight. And then I, I do it. And then, then I add a little more weight. And I do it. And I add a little more weight. And eventually, it's all back on the bar. And it's not because I tried harder. But it's because I entered training and I let God change me. Don't despise small beginnings. If you're going to change, you have to start small. If you're like me, you got overwhelmed with the Bible plan when you first became a Christian. And you felt bad. And the Bible app's even worse. Because you start a Bible plan and it's like day 67 on the Bible plan, and you're on like day four, and it shows you every day that you are like a failure. Start small, okay? Start small. Number two, number two is we're devising this plan for you to change. Here's what I need you to do. You need to schedule it. If it's important to you, you have to schedule it. When are you going to spend that time reading the Bible? When are you going to spend that time praying? You're going to lose weight? When are you going to spend time to work on your body? When are you going to go to the gym? When are you going to Work out. When are you going to do it? You have to put it in your schedule. If you don't put it in your schedule, guess what? It doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Some people are like, well, Alex, you're like probably really good at that. Like you like run, like you're a runner, you know. No, I'm horrible at this. My wife gets after me. She's like, when are you going to start working out? And here's the problem is I can still go run. I can fake it. I look like a runner, but my heart rate is out of the roof. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm dying. And now that I'm in my mid-30s, like, I'm waking up the next morning. I'm like, that run is still on me. <laughs> I've not recovered. And so if I'm going to move forward, listen, the key is consistency. 
Many of you know I coach high school athletes, distance runners, cross-country track. And here's the biggest lesson I teach them, is that consistency is key. If you want to be a good runner, it's all about consistency. And when you get that mindset, there is no workout that will make you or break you. It's showing up again tomorrow. It's showing up and putting the time in. Start small, I don't care. You got a 30-minute run in today, that's great. We're gonna get you up to 70 minutes, but you got your run in today. You showed up, you did a little strength and mobility. You worked on your core strength, that's great. You're moving in the right direction. There's small steps. You show up every day. That consistency will lead to change. Now, the reason then we start small, some of you are like, oh, I'll start small. Woo, here we go, God, yeah. If I lift this, is it gonna change me? Let me share something with you. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. This doesn't challenge me. Okay? If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Start small, not this small. Start with where you're able to be, and then schedule it. Be consistent with it. Make sure that you are prioritizing it. Otherwise, life has this way of getting in the way. Proverbs 21.5 says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. There's no shortcut to getting stronger, and you are responsible for the good planning. Plan it, schedule it, put it in there, and oh, it's good planning plus hard work. You're going to have to still work. There's still effort involved. Start small, schedule it, and step number three, sounds intuitive, but stick with it. You got to stick with it. I know we shouldn't say it, but what's the problem that most of you have? Well, I know what I want to do. I put it on the counter and I didn't do it. You got to stick to it. You got to discipline yourself to do it. And, and I believe God will help you to do it if you have a good plan. Proverbs 21.5, we read, uh, let's see here, Galatians 6.9. We read this verse last week. So let's not t- get tired of doing what is good, because at just the right moment, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Craig Groeschel says that successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Stick with it. If you want to change, no more saying, I'll do it tomorrow, devise a plan, start small, schedule it, and then stick with it. So we're going to try to get as just practical as we can here. I want you to not have any excuse as you leave church today. And so we're going to take a look at how this, how this works. I'm going to give you some ideas. This may spark something for you. I want to encourage you with this. Let's say that your goal is to have better health. We know it's not going to take uh, effect immediately, but you want better health in two years. That's a pretty good goal. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to move towards better health. So let's just say that you did this. You just did 10 push-ups a day. Not 100, just 10 push-ups. You could spread it out through your day. Do one an hour while you're awake. Uh, I got one, okay? You don't have to do them together. 10 push-ups a day. And let's say you ate one salad a day, okay? That means you're going to swap out whatever else you're going to eat, and you're going to have one salad. At the end of those two years, oh, and we got to say this, you're probably not going to be perfect, are you? So let's say you missed it 20% of the time, Okay? At the end of two years, missing it 20% of the time, what will you have done? Let's take a look. 5,840 push-ups, and you would have eaten 584 salads. 
Now, you want to tell me that's not going to make an impact on you? That's going to make a difference in your health. And it's 10 push-ups a day and a salad, and you didn't even do it every day. Start small, schedule it, and stick with it. You say, all right, Pastor Alex, give me another one. All right, let's say that you are the type of person you say, I want to be more generous. I find myself being stingy. I find myself being greedy. I want to be a generous person. And I, I want to trust God. I want to honor God with my finances. That's a great goal. Really good. When money's a problem in your life, it seems like you can't focus on anything else. <laughs> well, let's trust that with God. That way you've got some freedom from that emotional weight. So I want, I want to become generous. I want to honor God. I want to trust him with my finances. So here's what you can do. You can just say, you know what? I'm going to start tithing every two weeks. This is easier than ever. We have an app. You can download it and you can say, I'm just going to set up recurring giving that I'm going to give every two weeks. At the end of two years, what will you have done? You'd have given 50 charitable donations. Do you not think that that's moving your heart towards being more generous? You say, oh, Pastor Alex, 10%? Is that what tithe means? Ooh, I don't think I can afford that. Okay, start small. Let's say, hey, I can't tithe, but, but for two years, here's what I'm going to do. Let's go to that next slide there, Billy. I'm going to just give a recurring gift of $20 a week. I'm just going to start there. I'm just going to set it up in the app. It's not 10%, maybe. I'm just, here we go. $20 a week, I'm just going to set it on auto give. I'm not going to worry about it. At the end of two years, you'll have given over $2,000 to building the kingdom of God. Start. Start small. Oh, I, 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 I want to be a better spouse, Pastor Alex. Okay, let's apply this. Okay, some of you are like, uh-oh. You want to be a better spouse. You don't want your spouse to be a better spouse. No, no, you want to be a better spouse. Just a little clue here. If you become better, they become better, okay? So here's, here's what you can do. You can just say, you know what? For the next two years, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pray for my spouse every day. Doesn't have to be a long prayer, but I'm gonna pray for my spouse every day. And I'm gonna make a point to tell them, I love you. I'm not gonna write it down. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna look in their eyes. I love you. Okay, you guys got it? And let's say that you're not perfect. You, let's say you miss it 25% of the time. Whoa. Okay, you know, just one in four. What would have happened at the end of two years? You would have said 547 prayers, and you would have said, I love you 547 times to them. Do you not think that will not help your relationship? But it seems so small. It's just a prayer in three words. I know. Start small and let God begin to do the work of transforming your heart. Oh, I want to be a better friend. I don't have a spouse. Don't go and tell your friend I love you every day. <laughs> Here's something better you can do. You can say, you know what? I want to encourage my friend. So I'm going to send my friend a text message once a week. I'm going to find something. And I'm going to encourage them in it. Hey, man, just thinking about you, praying for you. I hope things are going well at your new job. Hey, heard that your daughter's sick. Just wanted to let you know, thinking about you guys, if we could ever help you. Hey, we're bringing over dinner tonight. Just one text a week, just an encouragement, words of life. I don't know how many texts you're getting like that from people in your life that are saying positive and encouraging things, trying to move you in the right direction. But if you sent that at the end of two years, you would have sent over 100 text messages of life and encouragement to your friend. You might just become the best friend they have in the entire world. Because who invests in their friends like that? Start small, schedule it, stick with it. Final one here. You say, I, I, I want to walk in rhythm with God. 
I want to begin to train and allow God to spiritually transform me. I'm not so worried about the outside. I want my heart to change. I want the inside thing, the motivation behind me to change. Okay? Let's just start with praying and reading the Bible. We'll do each for five minutes. Okay? I'm going to pray for five minutes. You can set your stopwatch. You can have an alarm on your phone. Just get to the five-minute mark, and then I'm going to read the Bible for five minutes. Okay? So 10 minutes total each day. And let's say you're not perfect with it. You miss it 25% of the time. We're not perfect. Okay? Don't beat yourself up over it. At the end of those two years, you would have had 547 conversations with God. And get this, you would have spent 91 hours focused with God, praying and reading Scripture. If you, for the next two years, invested 91 hours into your relationship with God, you're not just doing something anymore. You're becoming something. It's not just what I'm doing. I've become something. I become a person who spends time with God. I've become a person who values my relationship with Jesus. I've become a different person. It's not just the doing, it's the becoming. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 and 25, it says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? This is my favorite verse in high school. We all run it. But only one gets the prize. Who do you think that one's going to be? I'm going to get that prize. So run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into what? Oh, that's not just training. It's strict. And they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Let's enter into training. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 9, it says, If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy... You'll be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you followed. So do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Here's what I want you to do. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy statement, and everyone should accept it. Early in my Christian walk, I got this following Jesus thing all wrong. I was focused on trying harder, but my life changed when I began training. I started small, I scheduled it, and I stuck to it, and I want the same thing for you. One final verse before we conclude. Jesus tells us what it's supposed to be like when we follow him. And this was the exact opposite of my experience as an early Christian. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, this is Jesus. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. See, when you don't know Jesus, you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. You've got guilt. You've got shame. You've got anger. You've got jealousy. You've got greed. And you can't do anything about it. Every day you're waking up under this. And Jesus invites us. He says, come to me. You who are weary and burdened, and guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you rest. And he continues, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And, and the yoke that you took, look, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. When I started 
as a Christian, it felt anything but light or easy. I had to learn that there was a different rhythm to have in life. And I want you to have that same rhythm. And if you've never thought about following Jesus that way, that's the way it's supposed to be. That was Jesus. He's the guy. Would you guys all bow your heads with me? As we have a moment to just close our eyes, to block out the distractions around us, there may be some of you in this room who haven't made that first step, the first choice of just becoming a Christian. Maybe you were raised in it, maybe you weren't, but I want to give you an opportunity to start that relationship. And if you say, you know what, I want to step over the line of faith, I want to become a Christian, would you just, as a sign to yourself and to God, would you just raise your hand and say, yep, that's me. I want to become a Christ follower. Awesome. Thank you guys for raising your hands. Thank you for your honesty. So you want to take that step, I want you to just make this prayer your own. You can say it however you want. God sees your heart. He sees the intention that you have. He knows what you're thinking right now in this moment. And so you can just quietly pray to him and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for trying to do life on my own. I come to you with my burdens. I come to you weary and I want your rest. I want the life that you have. And so God, I give you mine and I begin to live a new life today. If you make that prayer your own, you're on a new journey. Now, as we continue to pray, there's some of you also in here who know that you need to begin training. It's time for you to stop trying harder, or maybe you've quit. Maybe you've been faking it. Maybe you've been justifying it. But you know it's time for me to start developing strength and enter training. If you're here and you say, you know what, that's me, Pastor Alex. I want to begin to start small, schedule it, and stick to it. Would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? And you're just saying, yep, that's me. I need to begin that process, that journey. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you for this message that you gave me to deliver today. God, I felt uncomfortable about the thought of it, but Lord, I've tried to do this so that your name would be lifted up. And God, as people are raising their hands saying, you know what, I want Jesus in my life. As they're raising their hands saying, I want to begin training. I want to begin to introduce different practices into my life to become tomorrow who I can't be today. Lord, I ask that you would meet them where they're at. And I pray, God, that you would give them rest. I pray that they would find a freedom in you. And Lord, that you would help them have wisdom on the steps that they take to start small, to schedule it, and to stick to it. God, we thank you for your patience. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the example that you have been to us. May we not hinder you from changing us into the image of your son, Jesus. We thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this message. For more information, please visit newlifekc.com.